You know, we thank the Lord for the message that Pastor Ray have shared last Sunday, reminding us that the condition of being born of God is manifested through our faith, love, and obedience to our Father. That our life should manifest faith, love, and obedience to our Father. Being born of God, being born again, is not just words, but a lifestyle. And we thank God for Pastor's race, uh, a powerful message last Sunday. And if you notice the past weeks, we have been looking into John's letter, the first letter, first epistle of John. And if you've been following closely, if you've been listening to the sermon um, and, and even the background that we have given to each one of you, you will notice that John is pastoring a messy church. John was pastoring a messy church. Hindi perfect church. Because the church is in the midst of struggling. They were facing internal and external struggle. We, I just want to give you a, a recap of what's been happening. You see, the church has so much problem. And one main problem they were facing is false teaching. We mentioned before, there's teaching of dualism which caused people to live um, um, thinking that they no longer fall into sin so because of physical and the spiritual are separated. So they just do whatever they want. Another false teaching is that they don't believe that so rampant the time that they don't, they don't believe that Jesus Christ is God. So false teaching was so rampant and it swayed some people to follow such teaching. And what's, what happened? False teaching leads to wrong living. False teaching leads to wrong living. And because of that, the church split. Because of this doctrinal dispute. Not only that, there were also power struggle within. There were disunity within the church. Pastor John so he was writing all these things and because of all these problems that they were facing the members will pull apart it led them to doubt it bring disappointment it bring discouragement friends and family that once close become enemies narinig yun paminsan may narinig ako na magka-familia dahil iba ang belief nila. Sabi ng isa, hindi ako magbabaksin. Sabi ng isa, bawal magbaksin. Nag-away-away. Have you heard that? And because of that, they fight. Because of the struggles, people were hurt and no longer find the church as a place of refuge. Their faith were shaken. Their unity were tested. You know, if you've been a Christian long enough, how many among you is 20-year-old Christian? Taas kamay. 20-year plus. Lahat kayo, baby? Who among you is 15-year-old Christian? Taas kamay. 10-year-old. If you've been Christian for long enough, you will see the same problem happening in the church. You will see this issue You've been encountered and even heard such problem. And if you are a new believer, you'll be shocked. <gasps> Ganyan pala nangyayari sa simbahan. 
You know, I've been what I've been. I do have an Instagram account. Many times I will see this expectation, and then reality. We expect the church like this, and the reality like this. Sometimes we have that expectation, but the reality there's. We might not see it physically, but emotionally they were just. You know, they were gossiping and so on. The reality and all these things. And that's what's happening to the church that John was pastoring. And that's why that's the reason why he started to write and give them advice, give them encouragement to counsel them and to guide them for such a difficult time. After writing to them that five chapters, he taught them theological, he taught them doctrines, he taught them the practical way of living. Now, today, what we're going to do is to look into on how John would summarize his letter. How would he would conclude his letter and bring hope to the people. What we're going to do is look at the final segment of his letter and see how it should also encourage us today. Some of us might have an expectation, a perfect church, a perfect family, a perfect life. But reality is a messy church, a messy ministry, a messy family, a messy life. How can we find hope in that? And we will look in this text and we know as we read and study God's Word, it will bring us hope. Because you know what, John, as he would conclude his letter, he was simply pointing people to Christ. I will entitled this sermon that you may know that in Christ, and we'll be reading from 1 chapter 5, verse 13 to 15. I invite all of us to stand up as we give reverence to God's word. Let's read together 1 John chapter 5, verse 13 to 15. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have toward Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He will hear us. And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of Him. If anyone sees his brothers committing a sin not leading to death, he shall ask and God will give him life to those who commit sins that do not lead to death. There is sins that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that. All wrongdoings is sin, but there is sin that does not lead to death. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who was born of God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and He has given us understanding so that we know Him who is true and we are in Him who is true. In His Son, Jesus Christ, He is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Let us pray. Lord, we thank You for this afternoon that we are gathered here today. We ask, Lord, for your Holy Spirit to speak and illuminate your word that we may understand it plainly. Lord, we gathered here having that expectancy to meet you 
And we come to you, Lord, with humble heart because we desire to hear from you. Lord, I pray that any heart, heart today, may you may convict our hearts if there's any areas that you want us to change and surrender to you. If any one of us today are discouraged, hopeless, Lord, I pray that your word will bring encouragement. Salamat, Panginoon, for this afternoon that we are gathered here today in even those who are watching in YouTube and Facebook. I pray that we all the more fall in love with you and experience your might and your power in your presence as we look into your word and desire to hear from you. So we surrender this day to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Notice how John began his memory. Notice how he started his conclusion. He started in verse 13 by saying, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. And here you can see a few things. That, that I write these things to you is simply a starting of a formal summary. When you write a letter, normally meron introduction, meron body and then may conclusion so may ganun then and when they would write letter you if even you refer to how paul would write letter there will be an introduction there will be a body and the conclusion and here john was starting his conclusion i write these things to you and he was addressing it to the believers he was addressing it to the, the believers his audience are christian and these christian were were unsettled by the false teachers. Remember, I mentioned earlier, there were false teachers teaching things that's against the things of God. So John need to remind them. John need to encourage them and affirm who Jesus is. That's why in, in the first book of John, you will repeat and read repeatedly describing Jesus as the Son of God, the Son of God, the Son of God. Continually sinasabi niya yun, to remind them who Jesus is. The same time here, you'll notice in this summary of his conclusion that he was also reminding them of the possession that they have. That they already have that abiding spiritual inheritance which is the eternal life. Sabi mo, eternal life. Eternal life. In prior verses, in verse 11, verse 12, we read, this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. And this life is in the Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. As we live in the Son, we have the Son of God. And to have the Son of God, it means you have the eternal life. And it's a gift of God. It is important that John to remind us to his people because of the false teachers. They were saying, Kayo wala kayo, hindi kayo kami ang may alam, kami ay may spiritual high. That's what the false teaching were doing. So John was reminding them who they are in Jesus and what they have in Jesus that they have eternal life. And this is first encouragement what John was reminding them. First, as believers, we have eternal life. We have eternal life. But the question is this. Sabi mo sa katabi mo, what is eternal life?
Sagutin mo. What is eternal life? We always quote eternal life. For God so loved the world that, he, that he, whoever believes have eternal life. But what is eternal life? What is truly eternal life? Oftentimes when we talk about eternal life, we refer to it as a duration of life. We refer to it as a life that we will experience in the future. When we talk about eternal life, we, we talk to it about is something that we will only experience in the future. That we will only experience once we begin and step into heaven. Then we will have eternal life. Many of us would think that way, right? Ang sasa ang meaning ng eternal life is once we once we're dead and we're gone with the Lord, that is eternal life. Or maybe when Jesus come and bring us, then that's eternal life. Oftentimes, the focus of eternal life is that. But if you would do dig deep and study what's eternal life to John, is more than that. For eternal life is not just a quantity or an, an ending or age long, but it also speaks of quality of life that we have in God at the moment that we have believed and surrendered our life before the Lord. It is not just quantity, but the quality of life. It is something that we Christians should experience right now. It's a present tense, a present tense possession that we should have eternal life. Hindi lang pagpatay ka na, may eternal life ka. Kaya sabi mo, katabi mo, kamusta eternal life mo? Parang cemetery, no? But you know, there's oftentimes we focus on the future, but the scripture tells us that we can experience that eternal life even today because it's the gift of God. You know, in gospelcolliation.org, it defines it this way. He says here, eternal life is not simply the quality or how uh, quantity, how long, but also the quality of life. The happiness, satisfaction, freedom, confidence, comfort, and humility that comes to the believer at the beams that radiates from the center of the gospel. It should be experienced. A new life. No longer the old life, but a new life. You know what John MacArthur said? John MacArthur says this, Eternal life does not simply refer primarily to a period of time, but a person. Because in John chapter 17, verse 3, it says here, Jesus said, And this is eternal life, that you, that they know you, the, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. It's not just merely a time frame, but a person that we will experience life with. And that therefore, if you would equate that, the quality of life is not defined by what we have, what we possess, what we can get, what we can receive. But the quality of life is found when you know who is your Savior and who is your Lord. Jesus Christ. The quality of life 
love, joy, peace. Is found in a person. In our God, our Lord and Savior. But the question why many people are not experiencing this today. Is because this, I found this quote, this thought provoking. It says here, this is one of the main difference between the first century church and the modern church. Those people knew God intimately. They had a relationship with the Lord that, was, that, that wasn't waiting to start in heaven, but was working in them while they are still in this world. While they are still in this world. You see, John was reminding them, despite of all that's happening, you have the greatest possession right now. You have the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. He is your, your, your eternal life. He is your great possession. Do not be dismayed. Do not be discouraged. And this is very crucial. Because if they would want to face the battle in front, they have to be rooted in this truth. Therefore, the first point, as John would minister, encourage the people, it reminds them as believers, we have been given eternal life in Christ. Secondly, John was also encouraging them that they are God's children and that they can come to the Lord in prayer. Second point, that you may know as his children, he hears our prayers. Look at verse 14 to 15. It says, and this is the confidence that we have towards him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked from him. As we enter into intimate relationship with God, we become His children, no longer His enemy. Now, being His children, we can come to the Lord in prayer with boldness, with freedom, with assurance that He will hear our petition as we pray according to His will. You know, mahirap lumapit sa boss. Siyo no ang may boss na mabait. Taas kamay. Mabait, ha? Mabait. Sinong may boss na hindi masabait? Taas kamay. Ba't dalawa kamay mo? Who among you have a boss who is very, 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 very scary? Do you dare approach your boss? Boss, uh, birthday ng anak ko bukas. Can I fly to Cebu? I already buy ticket. Can you do that? You, you can't do that. Because there's distance. But you know, my son would come to me and say, Papa, I want to collect. He's not afraid. He would just come to me, Papa, I want to watch... YouTube. He would just come to me, not afraid, because there's relationship. Oftentimes, as Christians, we fail who is our father. 
that we are His children and we should have that boldness to approach Him. But notice here that boldness, that, that, that freedom, that assurance that He will hear. As we read in this text, three things that we can serve. First is the assurance that He will hear. And also the expectation that He will answer. But here is important that we need to take note of the condition that is to be supposed to be according to His will. According to His, to his will. For God to hear our, hear our prayers, our petitions, our prayers should be according to His will. You see, the emphasis of the author is to remind the church that they can come and approach God boldly and expect an answer as they would pray according to God's will and not their will. And it, this applies to us today. That we don't come to God and demand what we want, but what we come to the Lord is we simply surrender what we want and desire to Him. We come to the Lord in humility, asking, Lord, is this direction, is this plan I have, is this, uh, this investment I have, is this um, my plan in my life, is it according to you? You will come to the Lord, Lord, is it according to your will? Itong bang boyfriend na to? Siya nga ba? Ba't natatawa kayo dyan? Ito nga ba? Oftentimes our prayers is tainted by our own desires. Oftentimes, our prayers are tainted by our own self-centeredness and not surrendered before God. You know what John Stott said? He said this, Prayer is not a convenient device for imposing our will upon God or for bending His wills to ours. But the prescribed way of subordinating our will to His, it is our prayer that we seek God's will, embrace it, and align ourselves with it. When was the last time you come to the Lord and said, Lord, etong plano na ito, kasi paminsan gito ginagawa natin, Gagawin muna natin, tapos ililay natin sa Panginoon. Para sure na win-win. Win-win solution. Instead of laying it before God and make the decision, ang ginagawa natin, gagawin mo muna, tapos Lord, bless mo naman. Iginawa mo na eh. Oftentimes, ganun ang reaction natin. Oftentimes, that's what we do. We make the decision, we step on the decision instead of coming to the Lord and said, Lord, is this the, your will? Is this is your purpose, O oh God? Kayo mga lilipad, magpa-fly, fly over. Hindi na contento sa Singapore. I'm blessed. I praise God for you if you're the Lord is telling you to go somewhere else. To New Zealand, to Canada. Saan pa? Sa JB. 
Pray. Pray and seek God's will. Pray and seek His will. I thank the Lord because some of our brother, brothers are, are, are no longer with us. They're abroad. Parang di tayo nasa abroad. I praise the Lord that they, some of them are really growing in God. But before you make a decision, don't let your emotion, then let your, your in intellect, do not just simply trust in your own understanding. Before you make a decision, Surrender it before the Lord and said, Lord, kayo bo bahala. Always seek His will. As believers, we possess eternal life. As children, He hears our prayer as we surrender it to His will. Thirdly, That you may know, as his family, we are committed to each other. Encouraging. God's will. When you seek. When you seek God's will. And when you seek God's purpose in your life. You know, God would change your mind in Romans chapter 8 and chapter 12, the renewing of your mind. And also the Holy Spirit would teach you what to pray. As you submit your life to God's will, you know what happened? God begin to change your heart. God gonna share His burden to you. God will, will define and get your focus right. And many times when God would change your heart, He would turn your eyes from yourself to others. He would let you see what is important to Him. Notice here, from petition to intercession. In 1 John, it says here, if anyone sees his brother committing a sin, not leading to death. He shall ask and God will give him life. To those who commit sin that do not lead to death. Now I can go deeper. We might have a long time if I would go define what is sins that leads to death and sins that does not lead to death. Because many scholars have different view. But the emphasis of this text is to pray for a brother that's just committing sin. So that God may give life. You see, I like this quote that I found. It says here, the assurance of eternal life which Christians should enjoy ought not to lead, lead him into preoccupation from himself to neglect others. He ought to recognize his duty to love and care for those in, in need. Now, if you look in the first John, in chapter 3, it speaks on how you would help people who are in need physically. But now in this text, John was telling them that you're going to help those who are in need spiritually. I believe some of us have fam family or friends who are 
probably in living in sin. Some of us might know someone who are struggling in sin. But how would you respond when you know someone who are going through that? Oftentimes in our fleshly way, our first response is what? To judge a person. If this person make a mistake, you judge that person dahil ano yan. Mm. When you see this person is make uh, what you do, not just judge. Tatawagin yung mga friends mong marites. Mga marites. Halika yo, information, reading, ready. Nagbabagang balita. You ju we often judge, we gossip, oftentimes we analyze. But here clearly, John is telling them if you see someone, pray. Pray. John was telling them that as a church, we are to commit to one another, not to break one another. But one way that we can be committed to each other is to pray for one another, even if that person failed or person struggling in sin. You're going to help that person, you're going to journey that person, you're going to pray for that person. I'll tell you a testimony. Few few weeks back, I was full of bitterness. Pasabihin yung pastor hindi pweding walang bitterness ha. Paminsan may bitterness din kami. I was filled with bitterness and frustration and anger and wrath. Drama. Anyway, I was just filled. I was just filled with bitterness and frustration. I was. At times, nakatitig lang ako. Kinakausap ako ng misis ko, nakatitig lang ako. Huy! Because I was struggling. When I went one of the conference and they were just preaching and the Lord moved into my heart. Because I know that person is, is not doing right. And the Lord told me to pray for that person. Don't hold that bitterness towards that person. Begin to pray for that person. Ask the Lord. And I was in tears when at the time when we were in a conference. Now I was just in tears. Lord. Because I was keeping that bitterness. Pamis, masarap kasi magkikip ng bitterness eh. May mapait-pait na konti, no? May sarap sa lasa. But I was there in tears. You know, I said, Lord, spare this person. Lord, spare this person that he, that, that he will not commit this. Lord, spare this person, oh God. And there are times in our life that people will fail us. And I'll respond. He says that as a body of Christ, we will be accountable for each other and we're going to pray for each other. You know, I was listening a, a, a series a few days ago about counseling. You know who's the hardest person to counsel? Yung bagong Christian o yung lumang Christian? Again? Kayo nagsabi niyan, hindi ako. 
Who is the hardest person to cancel? Yung bago o yung luma? Yung luma. I was listening. Is that the counselor, not me? The counselor said, is oftentimes the person that hardest to counsel, hardest to correct, hardest to rebuke, is the person who has been so old in faith. But a person is young in faith is easy to correct. And there are moments that we will face like that. Care group leader, you will face people like that. Ministry head, even members, you will face your care group leader like that. Ayaw makinig. Gusto mo laki plaza, gusto niya butarik garden. But you know what? Oftentimes we just lock head. But the best approach, do not let, you, that let that enemy use that our best approach is to come to the Lord and say, Lord, come and have your way. Have your way, Lord. Remember, as His family, we are committed to each other. Just turn to the person beside you and tell that person, I'm committed to you. Fourth, as His people, we ought to live a righteous life. We ought to live a righteous life. In verse 18 to 19, we read, We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning. Keep on sinning means persistent, habitual, or living in sin. If you are born of God, you will stop that sin that the Lord is telling you to do. You will live a life that's righteous, that you will be set apart because you're no longer in your old self. Now you are new self. You are a new creation. Therefore, you have to cut off any things that would cause you to sin. Keep on sinning. Now, oftentimes, we make it big. There are small things that also keep on sinning. There is no category big sin or small sin. To God, all sin is sin. If you are having a hard time with pornography, you know what to do. If you're having a hard time with gossip, is gossip sin? Stop. Because a sin and a child, being a child of God is never compatible. It clearly says here. But not only that, that we're not only battling in our own flesh, but we are also battling with principalities. In verse 19, we know that we are from God and that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. We know that the evil one would influence our thinking, influence our thought by the media on any way that he would try to trigger us or tempt us. And we need to be alert. We need to stand you need to be firm and have the, the full armor of God, knowing that you have to be alert. And as Christian, we cannot be walang day off. Sabi mo sa katabi mo, walang day off. Walang day off maging Christian. We have to be stay alert. You have to stay alert. Kung dumating sila Marites 1, lumalapit sa'yo, lumayo ka agad. Biglang may Marites 2, lumalapit sa'yo, lumayo ka agad. Takbo!
struggle with personal, the principalities, the world, and the devil will try to cause us to fall. Because the devil is, 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 his expertise is to kill, steal, and destroy. But as we persevere to live a life that's righteous and holy and, and to please the Lord, this is God's promise. He promised what? Those who was born of God protects him. And the evil one does not touch him. It is God, he promised that he will protect us. He will help us. He has given us His Word. When temptation comes, we know what to say. We have the Holy Spirit to convict us if we are being tempted to fall into sin. Have you experienced that? When the Holy Spirit will speak to you, Ruel, mm -mm 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 -mm. in your heart, in your heart, that's wrong. Have you experienced that? That's why walk in the Spirit. And God promised that He will provide a way. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, God is faithful and He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, He will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. That's God's promise. God promised to help us. We not just need to yield, embrace His promises, yield to His word, and walk in the Spirit. See, John was encouraging them that as they would persevere, God will help them. And lastly, John was encouraging the church that they have the, the confidence, the same time that they as his church, we continuously grow in the knowledge and communion with God. If you would like, like to dissect chapter 20 to 21, it says there, and we know the Son of God has come and has given us understanding. It is simply God who opened our eyes, opened our heart to understand Him, to know Him. Because church, the church exists because of Him. The church is, exists for Him. The church is the bride of Christ. And the greatest call of the church is to know Him and to grow intimate with Him. And we thank God by His grace and His mercy. Open our eyes. He says that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding. It's not what we, get, we attain by ourselves, but it's simply God's grace. That we may understand and know Him. Not only that, He says, we are growing. We are in Him. A deeper communion. A deeper union with the Lord. As we abide in Him, as we grow in our walk, we should constantly go back to the basic, the fundamental truth. We should always ask ourselves, am I growing with my communion with the Lord? You know, Paul, Paul, despite of his busy ministry, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, he says this, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. That I may know him. Even John, when he wrote this letter, 
Look at how he would end his letter. He ended his letter with what? Not giving a solution of steps on how to solve the problem. His solution was to return back to the Lord. To go back with all what's happening in the church. He said, go back and recognize who's your God. His final statement was to redirect the church towards the living Savior, Jesus Christ. To know Him and to have a deeper communion with Him. Let's ask ourselves today, what, what am I pursuing? What, what am I pursuing in my life today? Am I growing in intimacy with God? Or my life drifting away from God? What are the things that the Lord is asking us to surrender? What are the things that God wants us to offer before the Lord? Let's ask ourselves, Lord, do I still love you like the way I have loved you before? Because oftentimes, we lose our first love. But we thank God because how God is our restorer. Our God is an heaven, unending love. We just need to come back to Him like that prodigal son who ran away, but yet the Father is waiting for Him. Are we still pursuing a deeper communion with the Lord? You know, there's a song that, that would capture this thought. And the song is this. It says, Now my heart desire is to know you more, to be found in you and known as yours, to possess by faith what I could not earn, all such passing gift, of righteousness knowing you Jesus knowing you there is no greater thing you're my all you're the best you're my joy my righteousness and I love you Lord John's solution to the problem that they were facing is to go back to the Lord. It's to go back to the Lord. As a summary, as believers, we possess eternal life. Life that we can experience today. As His children, the Lord promised that He will hear our prayers and answer our prayers as we pray it according to His will. And as His family, the Lord called us to be committed to one another, to journey one another, to pray for each other. As His people, we are to live a life set apart. And as this church, we continually grow in the knowledge and communion 
with God. One major problem that the church that John was pastoring was a matter of Christology, who Christ is. That's why they were divided. That's why they were fighting with one another. That's why they were having politics. That's why they were unsure of the future. Because they lose sight of their Savior and Lord. And as he ends his letter, he's telling them, may Jesus be the center of it all. If we desire that our lives, our ministry, and even this church to continue on, to be strong, to be victorious, despite of things happening around us, what John said in his word, in this word, what God said in his word, make Jesus the center of it all. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Reminding us, Lord, what we already possess, that we uh, have that new life, that eternal life. Thank you, Lord, for the promise that you will hear our prayers. Thank you, Lord, for a church that's committed to each other. Thank you, Lord, that you call us, remind us to live a life that's set apart for you, holy and righteous. Thank you, Lord, that you have called us as a church, as a bride, to grow in the knowledge Lord, be the center of it all. No matter what we might face ahead, remind us that you are our firm foundation. Jesus. We have Jesus in us and that we have that eternal life. Some of you might be praying and seeking God's will for the future. What's next? If that's you, be reminded what the Lord says. So ready it before the Lord and pray and pray according to His will. And I want to pray for you. Those who are struggling to walk in the will of God. Lord, I pray, oh God. 
that you will empower them with your spirit that they may be able to obey and live in your word in the direction of your word and your Holy Spirit. Some of you might have a family member or friend who are struggling in sin. Or probably you've been hurt. I pray that the Lord will touch your heart to mold you. Rather than responding in bitterness or anger, you will come to the Lord in prayer. Because we can never change a person's heart. Only God can change a person's heart. What we need to do is just come to the Lord. Say, Lord, move into my, to my the life of my family, to my children. If anyone is struggling with sin, I pray that the Lord will empower you to cut off that sin that easily entangle you so that you may run the race. Hallelujah. Lord, your church, Living Word Fellowship is your church. I pray, Lord, that we will continue to grow in the knowledge and in communion with you. May we all echo what Paul said, that I may know you and the power of his resurrection. Lord, this is your church. Be the center of this church. Let's all stand. And I invite the worship team to lead us in a time of worship. Let's declare in this place that Jesus be the center of it all. Hallelujah. Jesus be the center of it
give the Lord a clap offering. Let's fill this place. Hallelujah. We worship, Lord. Lord, you are our firm foundation. Lord, world, no matter what we will happen, all glory and honor belongs to you. No matter we will face as individuals, as a church, as a as family, be the center of all. Because if you are the center, we will not be shaken. We will not be moved. You are our God, our rock, our salvation, our Lord and Lord, our King. We thank you, Lord, for this day that you have gathered us today. And we will go out today from this church in victory. Knowing, Lord, that you are the center of our lives. That you are with us. Salamat, Panginoon. We worship you. Let's just raise our hands as we receive the benediction. Christ dwell in your heart through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the bread and the land and the heart and the depth. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Lord, we thank you for this brand new week. We will face this week with excitement and victory. Our lives is in your hands. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say, Amen, Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering.